Good day everyone! Welcome to our online Sunday service. We are so glad that you could join us today. It's always a joy for us to gather together whether online or on-site but it's God's call for us to come together as His church and today as we end our series on the salt and light, uh, I also want to invite you next week. We are starting a brand new series still in the book of Isaiah but it's going to be a very powerful time and we'll, we will be digging deeper more on the plans and the purposes of God uh, to His people through His Word. Now I would like to invite all of you to open your Bibles in Isaiah chapter 65 and we'll be reading verses 17 to 25. The Word of God says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former thing shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the, sa and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring and the blessed of the Lord, and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Let us pray. Father, I pray that you would bless the preaching of your word. I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and give us understanding today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give us, Lord, this eternal perspective that, that we would see beyond, that we would look forward, God, to that very moment where we are in your presence. Lord, that anything earthly, God, will perish, but at the same time, God, we will be in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, that you would bless our time together. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that just like what the Apostle Paul said, that we would set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. In the same way, that is our prayer. God, that we would just really see you for who you are. Lord, that we would really embrace your word today and that we would be changed by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This week, uh, I came across a very long Facebook post written by a, a very famous political strategist. And not only that, he's also a uh, public relations specialist. And what he did was to write this very long Facebook post on the upcoming presidential elections next, next year. And what he did was he comprehensively and objectively just explained who will be winning and um, who will pro most probably help this other uh, presidential ball win. Now, I'm not here to predict who will be winning, but in that, uh, in that post, he was writing of the possibilities and the possible effects that we will be having in our nation. Now, it came across me with the thought that 
regardless of who will be placed in the or who will be the next president of our nation or whoever will be the next elected president or who will be the the elected uh, the new elected set of government officials next year i realize that there will be possibilities that will be created but there will be no assurance of, or certainty of what kind of future that our nation will be having truth of the matter is that we can vote and we can elect a government official but it will never give us the assurance of the kind of nation that we are dreaming of or what we are praying for but at the same time if you look at the very passage that we've read here it gives the believers it gives god's people a picture a certainty that kind of confidence of what god has in store for his people now if you look at the background of this passage um god was god was just giving um uh, this word of encouragement he was trying to speak hope to the nation of israel in in Isaiah chapter 1 to Isaiah chapter 39 God was bringing judgment because of the sinfulness of the nation of Israel and Judah and with all of the oppression that they have experienced from other nations they started to walk away and turn their backs from God some have really fallen away in their faith because of the oppression and the injustices that that they've experienced But I want us to understand that this judgment was brought upon them because of how rebellious they were. And God instead of just really continually just bringing judgment to them what God did was to give them words of encouragement, prophetic words that would just really give them um life and hope and for them to understand that the life that they currently have is not the kind of life and the and the plans that God has for them. So God painted this picture through the prophet Isaiah of what he intended to do for his people and mind you when the prophet Isaiah gave this prophetic word siya mismo hindi niya pa alam or hindi niya um, nakikita of what God wanted to do or, or, or this kind of uh, what they call this this kind of future that God had in mind but the prophet Isaiah just speakly spoke things by faith and that's what the essence of getting into the word of god and reading the word of god it is all by faith that everything that god has said he will do that we will trust in faith and that we will believe by faith and just before we get into the word of god my prayer is that every time god speaks his word to every single one of us i pray that we will respond by faith that we will really receive these promises that God has given us. I know that things may have been very difficult lately, uh not only for us individually but even for our nation, even all over the world. But it does not minimize the power of God. It does not minimize the 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 presence, the purpose of God in our lives. In fact, all the more just like in the past, like uh, more than a thousand years ago when the early church when they were persecuted, those were the very moments that they just really ran to God and held on to God. And you know where they are right now in the presence of God. Right where God is. And my encouragement for every one of us is that when things become bleak, dark and hopeless, let's go to God. He's our source of hope. So when this very when, when in these moments where the nation of Israel they were struggling and they were losing hope 
here comes the prophet Isaiah speaking the word of God to his people. In Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17, it says here, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. The first two words that you could uh, take note here is, For behold. Now, every time there is, uh, you see these words, behold, whether in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, it simply means that God has something important to say, that we have to pay attention on what God is about to say. Because every time God speaks something, it really is for our destiny. It really is for our purpose. It is for our well-being. One of the reasons why there are so many people out there depressed and stressed out about what's happening to them externally is because they do not know the Word of God. So when you talk about behold or when the scripture says for behold, it means that we have to pay attention. I want to ask you this question. How many of us, we've missed out on the things that God wanted to communicate with us just because we are not paying attention? Or maybe we have missed out on what God wanted for us to do or what God, want, or what God wanted us to really um, apply in our, life, in our lives just because we are distracted. When the Bible says, Behold, it means do not miss out on what God is about to say. And I believe that God has a word for each one of us today. And I believe that He will reveal something important, something powerful for you. Yes, for you, the ones who are watching today. The word of God is for you. And, and the Bible says here that, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. In other translations, I will create a new heavens, a new heaven and a new earth. In the same way that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, Sanabidon, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What it means is that in nothingness, God created something. Or God created something out of nothing. You see, in the beginning, God created something so perfect, something so beautiful. And in the end, God, again, will create something beautiful, something perfect. But because if you can see what God has created in the beginning, it has been marred by sin. It has been distorted by sin. It has been destroyed by sin in the sense that God's intention for His creation is to give Him glory and to worship Him. But ever since what? Ever since uh, Genesis chapter 3, the, the very incident that took place in the garden, we could see there that God's perfect, beautiful creation, it has been distorted by sin. And so when sin entered, people have, le uh, people have lost the, the essence of really worship and pursuing what honors God. But the hope there is that God, in the end, He will make all things new. Isn't that beautiful? Because if we look at the world that we live in right now, as much as people would try to uh, come up with advocacies of, of let's save the planet Earth, in fact, there have been billionaires who are trying to reach the moon first with all of the billions of dollars that they have. And if you look at it, they could actually use that billions of dollars just to make the world a better place. But maybe because of greed, 
maybe because of selfish ambition, maybe because of self-centered uh, plans that they have. I don't know. The thing is, instead of just really helping out and serving others, people have the tendency to serve themselves. But isn't it amazing when that time comes where God will make all things beautiful and God will not just build a city. He will create new heavens and a new earth out of nothing. And if you look at the book of Revelation, you could see there the story where everything that we see, everything that we have here, it will perish. Why? Because it has been marred by sin. Because of sinfulness. Do you know what the implication of this? The implication is that God is able and powerful to make all things new. Not only that, not only will God make all things new, but the same verse in Abidon, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Lahat po tayo may past at may nakaraan. And maybe for most of us, we are not proud of what we have done in the past. For the nation of Israel, they have been, every time they look at their situation or what happened to them, they have been oppressed by other nations. They have lost their uh, glory. And they were nobodies. Okay? They, it, before a time, they were nobodies. And then eventually, God called them and they became uh, God's chosen people. But because of their rebelliousness and sinfulness, because of, of them just turning away from God uh, in the cycle, God basically just punished them and allowed other nations to punish them. So here they are complaining about the cruelty of the world to them. And this is the kind of experiences that they did not want to honestly experience. And for most of us, there are so many things na pinagdadaanan natin. And some of us are saying, Lord, we don't deserve this. Or Lord, we don't want this. There have been things in our lives personally that took place. We have been oppressed. We have been abused. We have been mistreated. We have been neglected. Maybe you grew up that you were expected to perform so great, so you grew up with this performance mentality. Or maybe for some of you, you there are secrets that you've been hiding, and until right now, walang nakakalam. And it's been haunting you, it's been corrupting you, it really paralyzed your, your destiny and your purpose. And the Bible says that the things in the past will be no more. These things will not be remembered at all. God is giving us a clean slate. You know, the past weeks, my wife and I had been doing a lot of counseling. And in this counseling, in these counseling sessions that we've had with people, it's just very evident that the manifestations of the childhood experiences, the baggages that these people have been, uh, or the, the baggages that these people have been carrying, the abuses that they've experienced growing up, it really has manifested and it really has taken effect to their present relationships. And alam nyo, nagiging cycle siya because hurt people hurt people. And just thinking about these people who have been um, abused in the past or who have been hurt, and, and mo for most of them, they have been sexually abused, verbally abused, physically abused, and they thought, sinasabi lang nila, that I will never be, be that kind of person in the future. But presently, they are also hurting the very people whom they love. And in these moments of counseling, we just realize one thing. Unless these people really 
have encountered or really have this personal relationship with God, that cycle of sin will not stop. It's not positive thinking that will change the life of a person. It's not reading self-help books or more meditation that would really change a heart of a person. Do you know what the answer is? It's the gospel. And that is the very answer that the Word of God has. That unless we experience the gospel, we will continually be hunted by our past, by our sins. But because of the gospel, we have experienced a changed heart, a new heart. And that is what, the, what, that is what Jesus has promised to, that He will be giving us a new heart, a promise of a new heart. And in this new heaven and this new earth that God has promised to His people, God is giving us a clean slate where anything or everything that has happened in the past, it will, be, it will not be remembered anymore. And for the believers, for you and I who have placed our hope, our trust, our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, a glorious future awaits us. Let me repeat that. For the believers, a glorious future awaits us. What is the most glorious thing that you've ever seen? Maybe a glorious sunset. Maybe a glorious wedding where there really is this striking admiration and where your emotions and, and, and all, your, all of your being, it has been captivated by something so amazing, something so awesome, something so beautiful. With all of the glorious things that the world will try to present. In fact, one of the reasons why people are less impressed right now is because of the effect of Hollywood. I mean, nothing against Hollywood. Because of how they have created um, beautiful, the word beautiful, what glorious is, and, and, and what we see in the superhero movies. And we're like, wow, this is amazing. And when we look at God's creation, it's like, ito na yun. But with, despite of how awesome and how amazing the special effects that Hollywood can do, it will never compare to the glory of God. It will never compare to the glorious future that God has in store for His children. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure with you or I don't know what, uh, how you're feeling about it, but for me, it just it creates, it stirs up so much hope and confidence in my heart, knowing that this world is not my home. Not only that, for those who have placed their faith in Jesus, your future includes a place where your past sins and experiences no longer have a hold in your life. Not only are you forgiven, but there's great rejoicing in this new heavens and in this new earth that God will be creating. Verses 18 and 19, But be glad and rejoice forever. Have you ever come to the point where you just said, Lord, I just want to rejoice forever. Not only will God be giving us this peace of mind and peace in our hearts, but there will be eternal peace. Why? Because we will be now in His presence. And then again, sinabito, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. Verse 19, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. 
And what these verses mean is that God will rejoice in His people forever. That we will be acceptable and we will be a delight to God. And God will take great delight in His people. If you could see in this in this verse, it that there will be no weeping and a cry of distress. Our lives here on earth have been filled by pain and lots of failed expectations. But this earth is not our home. We are not going to live forever here on earth. Now, I'm not saying that it's wasteful or it's useless for us to store up things here on earth. But just like what the Bible says, store up for things that will not rust nor destroy. That's why we have to really prepare not just for our earthly life. Yes, it's very important that we have to live out the purposes, the destiny, the plans that God has for us while here on earth. But at the same time, we also have to really be, be ready and be prepared and be captivated for what God has in store for His people. Why? Because this world is not our home. And if we only understand that this world is not our home, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we, 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 we make decisions. It changes the way we treat the people around us. Church, this world, this broken, decaying world is not our home. So I think it's wise that we should not be identified really just with the things that we try to build here on earth, here in this world. But it's better for us to understand that our citizenship is in heaven. That is our calling and God will take great delight in us in those moments on this glorious future waiting for us. There will be no more tears and no more pain. And how will it look like there in verse 20 no more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not fill out his days for the young man shall die a hundred years old and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed last year um the cousin of my lola died at the age of 104 years old such an amazing feat and even here in our nation, kapag nakaabot ka ng 100 years old, may, may parang ayudang ibibigay sa'yo or, not, or a price or I don't know. But there will be somehow uh, a cash, uh, cash price that will be given to you. Now imagine in this millennia, as other theologians are saying, in this millennium where Christ will be reigning not only will we be able to celebrate longer birthdays, but the point there is that death will no longer have a hold on us. Not only because Christ has overcome sin and death on the cross, but in this moment, in this, it's not just even a season, but in this state where Christ reigns as King, Death will no longer have a hold on us. No longer will infant will uh, not only will be infants living a few days, but we will be living in the presence of God. 
Last Monday, I did a funeral service for a medical doctor who died, and he died not because of COVID, but because of a, uh, but because of a specific sickness. And people, his family were shocked. They were they were not prepared for it because he was healthy, and looking at the family, they were just very devastated, and that's the reality. Death is a reality that we will all face. In fact, one day we will all die. We can enjoy our life here on earth, but death is a reality that we will all face. And, and people, we have certain things that we say about death. Kapag bata yung namatay, we will always say, sayang ang bata-bata niya pa. If matanda na, some people will say na, oh, bonus na yan because nakabot siya ng 90, nakabot siya ng 100. And some people will also say na ba, feeling ko ang dami niyang regrets nung namatay siya. Or maybe, yung iba naman, nung bata pang, baby pang namatay, some people will say, sayang, he could have been probably the one who would have, who could have like, um, discovered the cure for uh, any sickness, for, the, for cancer and all. Or maybe for others, they would simply say that, buti na lang that even at an early age, nawala na siya. Because hindi niya na may experience yung sinfulness ng mundo, how broken and how dark the world may be. That he did not have to witness everything that the world will bring upon him. Even at an early age, sabihin ng mga tao, no more, no more tears, no more suffering. But he could just, he or could, she could just be really in the presence of God. You see, we all have different views on death and most of our views have been affected by how we've experienced death or our, our our personal experience of death growing up you see god created life and he gave life as a gift to us to to people and he values life now but because of sin we lost the real meaning and the real value of life death entered the picture and those who live we also lost the essence of living. But God says in His Word, God says, no more. Okay? No more. It's written here, okay, in verse 20, no more shall be in it. And this is the hope and this is the promise that God has given us. That no more, no more wasted years, no more of wasted lives. God will not just prolong our lives. He redeems life as how God intends it to be. It simply affirms that over the whole of life, the power of death will be gone. And here's the good news, that God's intended life for us will be lived out. If you see in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, He has prepared a very special um, uh, life and a special uh, destiny and purpose for Adam and Eve for, and for the rest of creation. But because there was the serpent who tempted Adam and Eve and sin entered, what happened was everything was distorted and it was lost. The keys of the authority here on earth was given to the devil, was given to Satan. But in this very moment, God or Jesus, in when he comes again, he will conquer for the final time against against Satan and, 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 and his legion. And Jesus is the conquering king, that, that, that victorious king who will reign and defeat Satan. And Satan will be thrown to the pits of hell. 
and He will be no more. And there will be peace as a, in, a, in accordance with the Scriptures that there will be peace, there will be great rejoicing. And again, no more weeping, no more crying out of distress. And all of us will be rejoicing in the presence of God. So the good news is that God's intended life for us will be lived out finally. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says there, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This life that God has intended for us, we will be living it out to the fullest. No more limitations, no more hindrances. You see, Jesus Christ came here for us to receive and live out the very life He intended for us. But that is just a glimpse of what He intended for us. Verses 21 to 23, They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. A lot of people, when um, kapag nanganganak, some people will say na, grabe ang dami mo ng anak, hindi mo ba alam na ang hirap-hirap nung, nung mabuhay sa mundo? And that is the kind of thinking that really has been infected by sin. Where instead of just really being aligned to the Word of God, people will start thinking na kapag may anak ka, curse But it's not what God really has prepared or in store or this is not what God wanted for us. In fact, He wanted us to really enjoy the fruits of our labor. That the things that we work hard for we will truly enjoy all of these things and no one will be taking away things that we have worked hard for. Now, if you look at these verses from verses 21 to 23, isn't this the kind of life that you wanted? That the quality of life, that this abundant life that God promised na sobrang ma-enjoy natin with no one trying to take it away from us. You see, church, this is how it will look like when Jesus reigns. In the world that we live in, yes, Jesus reigns. He's already reigning, but not yet. One day we will have this complete picture where Jesus truly reigns, where there will be no more sin and no more death and no more sinfulness of man will ever try to get its way to us. Because in that very moment, everything will be glorious. We will be in our glorious bodies as well. And this is what God desires for us. What we build, we will enjoy. What we plant, we will harvest. We will not labor in vain, but we will experience fruitfulness and prosperity. No more will there be people who will take advantage of what we work hard for. And the good news is that the reign of Jesus will bring eternal peace and prosperity. For most of us, napaka-favorite nating verse yung Jeremiah 29.11, yung for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, this verse will, not just, will no longer just be a promise, but it will be our present, future, eternal state. 
where we will just be enjoying the presence of God. And the good news is, this truth is not just applicable in the future, but it's also very applicable now because even today, Jesus already reigns. Again, he's, it's already, but not yet. Jesus is already reigning and God is sovereign. He is in control. But one day, when Jesus comes again, our future, that's why our future is already secured. That's why our present is already hopeful because God will reign forevermore. Verse 24, Before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. You see, it's, it does not mean that today God is not listening or God is not hearing our prayers. God already hears what's in our hearts and He will always answer when we call. But there will come a time where no sin will not hinder nor limit our prayers. If you remember in Genesis 1.1, any time that Adam and Eve will just call upon the Lord, it's just like no more, walay babag ba, walay hindrance. But in this moment, everything that really has hindered us in the past, our limitations, it will be no more. And everything, the prayers, the cries of our hearts, the desires of our hearts, God will, will answer it. And even yung desires natin, nagbabago na po. It will no longer be dictated by our selfish ambition or our um, by, or by our selfishness. But even our hearts have already been aligned and renewed. That's why everything the Bible says, the, the, the scripture says, and yung binasa in, 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 in earlier, it will be no more. It will not be remembered anymore. Verse 25, The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. What you could see here is that in those moments, in that very moment, when God creates a new heaven and a new earth, Bible says that you will see a union, a harmony between the wolf and the lamb. In, in short, the, 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 the predators and and, and the lamb and the, the animals that they're trying to hunt, they will walk alongside just like how God intended it to be in the beginning. But then again, because of sin, their nature changed. But in, in, in the second part of verse 25, Sabi to the lion shall eat straw like the ox. You will see that even the nature of the lion will be changed as it will eat straw like the ox. It will be a picture. It will be a future where everything that God created perfectly, not only will things be restored in its perfect order, but all things will be new. But not only that, the serpent in the garden, it will be punished as well. It, 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 this is the future of Satan. It, this is the future of the demons wherein they will be punished and they will they will be in the pits of hell for eternity. And just like what the Bible says, they shall not hurt or destroy anything or anyone in God's presence. And that's what happens when Jesus comes and reigns. There's harmony, 
there's restoration and there is justice. Our future is secured. And I love how the Apostle Paul explains it. That our present suffering is incomparable. It is nothing compared to the future glory that awaits us. Church, a glorious future awaits all of us. And I hope that it will stir up hope. It will build hope in our hearts. And it will teach us not to hold on to what's earthly, but for us to really look forward to what God has in store for us in the future. As I end, I want to read what the Apostle John saw and what he wrote down in the book of Revelation. And what he, what the prophet Isaiah spoke and wrote as well, these are the very things that the Apostle John wrote and recorded while he was exiled in the island of Patmos. And in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 to 4, it says here, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. In short, everything will, be, will perish. Everything that we have, everything that we, we see here, everything that we get to enjoy here, everything that has hurt us while here on earth, the old heaven and earth, will now pass away and the sea was no more interesting that 70 percent of what composes the the earth is the sea this body of water but it will be no more in verse 2 and i saw the holy city this new jerusalem which god will be establishing coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. You see, church, this very prophecy this very picture that the apostle john have seen is the very picture or future that the prophet isaiah has seen and i believe that this is not something that the apostle john copied because when he was in exile the holy spirit revealed to him what is about to come the glorious future that God has prepared and in store for His people. So my encouragement and my challenge to every single one of us today, let us live like people, let us live like citizens of heaven and not being easily affected or swayed away or tempted by anything that is earthly. This world is not our home. There is this new creation that is our destination. Again, this world is not our home. So let us live like citizens of heaven. As I end, I want to read this one verse. Revelation 21, verse 27. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book. Of life my question today is this are you living in such a way that is detestable 
or false or unclean. That it is wicked before the Lord that you are not permitted in the presence of God. My second question is this. Will your name be written in the book of life? Have you or have you trusted, have you placed your faith, your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and trusted Him completely and just really gave everything and followed everything, followed Jesus completely, wholeheartedly, radically in your life? My prayer, church, is that we would hold on to the promise of God, that we would look forward to this glorious future that God has prepared for us. But at the same time, let us also put our trust in Jesus who came to die for us, to die for our sins, give us a new life, offer forgiveness for us so that we may live in the presence of God forevermore. Church, no more of the things that has caused us pain. And the only way that we can say no more of these things is when we have placed our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for reminding us that there is victory and there is security, God, in who you are in your presence. Lord, I ask that you would bless us. I pray, Lord, that let your word just really permeate in every heart right now. Lord, I pray that you would teach us and even, Lord, that you would just break our minds, our mindsets, Lord, if there's anything that causes us to just really think of the now and not think beyond God of not, not just what life has in store, but really what you have in store for us. So Lord, teach us, Father, to number our days, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to really see how you see things. And I pray, Lord, may you cause us, Lord, to even put our trust in who you are. Lord, one day you're going to restore everything and you're going to make all things new. Lord, I pray that may you Teach us, Lord, to see how you see things. And may the lives that we live in the present just bring glory and honor to you. Na lahat ng ginagawa namin, God, presently, everything, Lord, will just be honorable and glorifying to your name. And I also pray, Lord, for those who have not yet placed their trust in you as their Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord, that they will respond, God, to this word, not out of fear, but, Lord, because you have called them to trust in you. Lord, that you have really called them, Lord, to put their faith in you. And I pray that even right now, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts right now. Lord, I pray that even right now that they would decide to let go of their of, the, of their sins and anything that really has caused them, Lord, to walk away from you. I pray, Lord, that they will turn away from those things. And if you are that person who have not yet received Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to, to follow after me as I recite this prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. Lord, that I have walked away far from you. But Lord, hearing this word, Lord, I'm reminded that you are the God who called me and has this great plan for me. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. And Lord, I repent of all these sins that I have made. And Lord, I am asking for your forgiveness. I'm sorry, Lord, for sinning against you. 
Lord, for sinning against a holy and perfect God. And Lord, today, I am making this decision to turn away from my sins and turn to you. Starting today, Lord, I will live for your glory and honor. I am receiving you in my life as my Lord and Savior. So Lord, use me. Lord, change me for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. My prayer is that as you have responded to the Word of God, I pray that you will also desire to grow more in your walk with God. If you are that person who made the decision to receive Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior, I want you to understand that you've made the best decision that you could ever make. And my prayer today is that you would uh, that you would really decide to follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we don't follow Jesus in isolation or we don't follow Jesus alone. We follow Jesus together with other believers. So we would like to invite you do join a victory group. If you're that person and you would want to join a victory group, do message us or maybe make a comment in our comment section right now and, and just type join so that our one of our victory group leaders can contact you. So once again, I pray that may this word encourage you. As we end, I, I want you to lift up your hands before the Lord as I declare this prayer of blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. I speak peace and joy in your hearts today. Father, bless your children. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great Sunday and have a great week ahead of you. God bless you.